Hello, and thank you for joining us in this first, hopefully of many, podcasts run by the uh, ELHT LGBTQ staff network. My name is Ray, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm the Technology Enhanced Learning Manager here at ELHT. Uh, I'd like to hand you over now to each of our panellists to introduce themselves and their roles here at the Trust. Okay, so my name's Nick. Uh, My pronouns are he, she, they. I am Clinical Case Management Lead uh, for the Integrated Neighbourhood Team in the community uh, at ELHT. Hi, my name's Emma and my pronouns are she, her. I currently work as an assistant practitioner in the Rakehead Neuro Rehab Team and I'm also doing a secondment at the moment um, on an AHP support worker project and I'm on the panel as an ally today. Thanks very much. Um, So in today's podcast, we're going to be looking at LGBTQ History Month, which is celebrated every February in the UK. The first UK LGBTQ History Month took place in 2005, and this year will be the 50th anniversary of the first Pride event in the UK. As part of this, as well as celebrating the history of LGBTQ people and the huge achievements the Pride movement has had over the past half century, it's also time to ask what kind of a world do we want to see for LGBTQ plus people in 50 years from now? So uh, the first question for the panel, um, what does LGBTQ History Month mean to you? So I'm going to start this by saying that as an ally, um, it means celebrating how far the community has come. I've got several um, close family members and friends that are members of the community and they are just getting to the stage now where they can truly be themselves. But we know that in history that absolutely hasn't been the case. And through the media and through laws that have been made that have kind of penalised people and stopped them from being themselves, that's created social norms over many, many years and still a lot of those social norms in existence. So, for example, somebody very close to me hasn't been able to get married in the eyes of the law. Somebody very close to me hasn't been able to um, live and express the the gender identity as they wish to do so because of the law. And I feel that because of how media has portrayed the community throughout history and how laws have been made, not just in this country, but throughout the world, there's a lot of stigma, a lot of people who don't accept and don't appreciate the members of the community and allow them to live the lives as they do. So to me, the history is kind of bringing to light how people have been penalised in the past and reminding us of how as a society we have been downright nasty to some people, remembering that and moving forward and saying that we can't do that again. Um, It's not right to be able to pass a law or have um, an opinion really that prevents somebody from living their life. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Nick, how about yourself? No, I I couldn't agree more with Emma, really. And we're seeing it more and more, aren't we, Uh, in international news where rights are being taken away. 
And I think that's what LGBT History Month means to me. It's a chance to recognise the struggles that people have had, how far we've come, Mm -hmm. um, and see kind of the hidden histories. Because in mainstream history, we're not really talked about that much. It's also a chance to recognise the impact that LGBTQ individuals have had on society, the many positive things that people have done, particularly... There's people in history that we, we all will have learned about, like World War II history, Wilfred Owen. We all will have read the poems in English literature, um, but it's not taught that he was a gay man and the struggles that he faced because of that. So that's that's the chance that it gives us. It gives us a chance to be proud of who we are, where we've come from, and to see ourselves reflected in society around us. Because for many people, they sat on their own, Uh, feeling very isolated, very vulnerable and not aware of the world around them. And there's a lot of achievements that LGBTQ plus people uh, have managed to make in their lives. Absolutely. Um, You know, for for myself, it's exactly that. It's about seeing that all the contributions that we have um, as a community made that in, in many respects, our history has been kept silent it's not been included as part of history or as part of those individual lives because of prejudices um that have built up from past uh from the you know from the law from societal norms as as you mentioned emma um so yeah exactly and you know the the fact that this is the 50th anniversary of pride in the uk well lgbtq history didn't start 50 years ago you know we've we've always we've always been here um we've always contributed to society you know and it's it's actually taking the time to step back and recognize that and see ourselves as a, as a community as having that value so is there a moment in LGBTQ history that particularly resonates with you? And I'm going to ask Emma that question. So I would say the passing of laws to allow civil unions and same-sex marriage to happen really resonates with me. Um, I mentioned in the first question about my brother, he hasn't been able to get married for many, many, many years because of who he is so it, it was upsetting for him you know you can imagine he loves somebody wants to get married like everybody else does and and why shouldn't he have been able to but obviously laws have changed now and it was so nice earlier on this year we went to his wedding it was an amazing day oh. and it was long overdue so really it's quite an, an emotional kind of bit of history and such a positive step forward as well absolutely I mean and it's fantastic and it's 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 those joyful stories that we want to hear from LGBTQ History Month not just the prejudices that people have faced but actually those you know those moments of joy um, for the individuals as well as the community and that for me is part of why it's important to to celebrate which I've kind of brings me to my next question and almost answered myself in advance so for for both of you why is it important that we celebrate LGBTQ History Month? Uh, I'll go first um 
I think now more than ever, we've come so far in this country and there's still so far to go um, with LGBT rights. There's still over 70 countries where it's a criminal offence to engage in consensual same-sex activity. And no more so than, like you said, 50 years ago, we started um, with Pride and Marsha P. Johnson was the one of the forefronters of Stonewall Riots, who was a black trans woman. And right now in the world, black trans women are um, the most persecuted group amongst the LGBT community. And so I think uh, one of the quotes is that we won't all have rights until we all have rights. There's no rights until we all get them. So that's, that's where the important uh, side of LGBT History Month is, because... I grew up in a very small town, not knowing very many people, and managed to go to university and become actually quite proud of who I am. Grew up to be someone who contributes to society, someone who beats some odds, someone who has a little boy, uh, has a family, legally got the right to be his mum, even though I'm not his biological parent. And that was through the Civil Partnership Union, which is an era that I would have chosen. That would have been my... Um, important moment in history as well so that's why it's important to me I would love that there are kids out there growing up who will grow up feeling part of something part of a community and never be ashamed of who they are regardless of whether that's the gender or sexuality and that's why it's important absolutely Emma I think it's really important that we we celebrate it continuously um, because every time it just opens up a conversation. I know for people that don't know a lot about the community, it can be really scary. And, um, you know, as an ally, I, I admit that a few years ago I didn't know an awful lot, but actually getting to know um, more and more about the community just makes you realise well, you know, how important they are in society, what contributions they've given, as Nicholas said earlier on. And really, the the more I learn, the more actually I realise that as a white, cis, straight person, I've got so much in my life of privilege. And I think that's such an important aspect of celebrating um, the history because so many people do live that life of privilege without realising it really and I think it's just so important that it you know bringing it into schools as a celebration as well obviously it just is opening it up as a discussion for younger people my daughter's come home from school today she's 12 years old and she she was telling me about um, an assembly that they've had this week because of lgbtq plus history month and she's like she says how can people be so horrible to other human beings and i think that's just it's the importance it's the type of thing that can never be forgotten because, you know, we, we need to move forward whilst realising why we're moving forward. Absolutely. You know, the, the old adage of those who forget history are damned to repeat it. You know, we, we never want to go back to the prejudices of the past, to the restrictions of the past. You know, and like you say, it, it, can, it is also about opening that dialogue because, you know, I'm in my 40s now I grew up in a a time when you know you didn't see a lot of representation in the media you know 
questions about myself that I couldn't get answers for. And having these opportunities to open these discussions, I think uh, is so useful for younger people, but also for people from my generation and from old generations where this stuff wasn't talked about, where you, they didn't learn this stuff or the, the history that they learned um, or the behaviours that they learned were prejudiced and it wasn't based on a core belief, something that they intrinsically knew, homophobia, queerphobia, transphobia uh, and all the intersectional issues such as racism um, and ableism you know all of this stuff is learned you're not born with this and in a lot of cases the people who have learned this the only way that you can disassemble this learning is with discourse and something like LGBTQ History Month for me is something that allows us to open those those routes of communication. Um, right, so I have a final question I'm going to ask Nick. So if there was a mark you could leave on LGBTQ history, what would it be? Okay, so I'm not naive enough to think that I will ever change the world. Um, I'm not in that position. I work for the NHS. I think sometimes the biggest changes that we can do start with the smallest movements. So I'm going to tell you something current that's going on uh, and something quite personal rather than a, a generic statement. So my parents are in the 70s. I have older sisters. I'm the youngest one. And my eldest sister was born in the 60s. So I am quite there's quite a big age gap. My parents uh, have never rejected me for who I am, ever. They've been supportive They've come into it from a world where they knew nothing about that. They are old enough to have been alive when um, being homosexual was illegal in the UK. They are part of the Section 28 generation, which for those that don't know, it was that you were not allowed to discuss anything to do with LGBT population in schools. Uh, and I'm part of that generation as well. And I think both Emma and Ray are as well. So their knowledge was limited this weekend, I've left my mum reading a book on how to be a trans ally. My mum is very keen to have her mind opened uh, to everything. And this is a couple who are um, from a world where they, they didn't understand anything to do with the gay population. And they are learning new terms, new genders, new sexualities um, all the time, as are my sister's. Um, when I first came out as lesbian, my mum was asked if she was disappointed by one of her friends and my mum challenged that person, not aggressively, very calmly, because my mum had had to get her head around the fact that her daughter was, was gay the, and what that meant and did that mean anything differently and was I the same person that woke up that morning than I was when I told her and I was and that's that's the main thing is that we challenge ignorance and ignorance doesn't always come from a bad place. It comes from not knowing and not being uh, exposed to education around LGBT issues. So I think through joining groups like the LGBTQ Society, through talking to colleagues who are explaining things, explaining why pride matters, 
what different flags mean, how to appropriately address people when you don't know what the pronouns are. And I think that's that's the the legacy really that I'd like to leave is that I open people's minds a little bit more. And I think it's a bit like throwing a pebble in a pond, it ripples out and people will pass that information on. And that's that's the mark that I'd want to leave. It's very small, but it's permanent, I think. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much. So um, we are at the end now of the podcast. I'd like to thank uh, Nick and Emma for being our panellists. We are looking at a series of podcasts and uh, upcoming topics that we would like to investigate would be gender identity, uh, gender expression and pronouns. The act of coming out both personally and professionally. Uh, We'd like to look at intersectionality within the LGBTQ community. And coming up in June, uh, we were looking to have a special edition on Pride, which, as I said at the beginning, will be the 50th year of Pride within the UK. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you very much. (laughs) 